I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Chris Beek, who is Lead Scientist and Senior Principal Engineer of Trellix Threat Labs, about how the healthcare sector stacks up against other critical infrastructure sectors and certain government agencies in terms of preparedness to deal with major cyber incidents. So Chris, tell us briefly about the study recently conducted by Trellix. What did you examine overall and what did you learn about the healthcare sector's preparedness to deal with major cyber incidents? Thanks, Mary, for asking the question. So what we did is actually we surveyed around 900 IT managers in critical infrastructures industries around the globe, including the U.S., and we asked them questions around like, okay, what is your focus currently on the critical infrastructure with regards to cloud, for example? Are you participating in cloud modernization? What is your play on EDR, XDR technologies? But also, are you using authentication technologies like multi-factor authentication? Because honestly, if we look at over the past years of some of these major cyber incidents in the critical infrastructure, it's not a surprise that the U.S. government took actions and actually tried to improve this and actually forced to do this by enabling and rule sets. So people need to stand up and actually execute on security. And like technologies like these give you the visibility. And on the other side, it makes it more difficult for an actor to log into someone's network. And that, that's based on what we have seen as well as a company uh, over the years, like the tactics and techniques that uh, adversaries are taking uh, to break into companies or cyber criminals that, that are attacking with uh, ransomware. So that's exactly why we did this survey. And also to understand like how well are people prepared and what kind of work is needs to be done, right? So this is in a nutshell what we did with this survey. Chris, with that said, what did you find about the healthcare sector? Where are healthcare sector entities lacking, for instance, based on what you examined? So if you talk about two-factor authentication, so exactly like you log into a network, you give your password and at the same time, then you get like on your app, on your phone, you have to fill in like a second password or a key code. To my big surprise, not many healthcare institutes are having that implemented already. Uh, you would expect, like, if you're dealing with a lot of uh, patient information or medical information, that's really personal uh, information about ourselves, that this is a kind of technology you would expect to be more implemented than in any other industries. And to, to our surprise, we saw that they were, they were lacking, actually, we're, we're behind compared to some other uh, critical infrastructure industries, uh, for example. Another thing that stood out is that they think about the EDR and XDR technology, that they're looking at it, but it's only a small amount that's actually de deploying it. And if you would ask me, is that a surprise? To one point, maybe. To another point, like, look, healthcare is about people, right? It's, it's about patients in a hospital, for example. It's, it's about as nurses uh, standing next to the patient at the bed. So all that surrounding systems that need support the care of the patient. So I know and I understand we need security there for, for sure, but that, that, that it has been the less priority, I fully understand. And especially we're coming out of this uh, two years global pandemic, but I think we need to refocus and reshaping that again and actually turn that needle up so we start creating a better and secure environment in the healthcare sector. In terms of EDR, you mentioned there seem to be some weaknesses there. Specifically, what, what do you see in the healthcare sector? Where is EDR lacking? Where can the healthcare sector entities do a better job? 
So EDR and XDR technology uh, on itself, uh, what it means is it's giving you visibility. What is happening into my network? And especially if you look at XDR capabilities, it means like, look, we have several devices or several security technologies often in, in our networks. And often they are operated as isolated kind of technologies. So they give an output, but, but we don't cross combine these outputs. And I think with the Harting forensics, as I have, you need to cross combine that data. So when somebody logged in from outside the hospital, for example, and it gives an alert on a certain system, and at the same time, you see suspicious behavior from the endpoint security, that overall path should be alerted. And that gives you visibility about what is possibly happening. And that's why you can take an action or decide like, hey, this is a false positive, or this is something we need to pay attention to. And if you don't have this deployed fully into your network, and from our survey, we saw that only 21% was claiming to have full implementation in the healthcare infrastructure, it means you're lacking this visibility. So you're late or maybe too late if, if it comes to, for example, a ransomware attack. And unfortunately, we have seen examples enough, uh, and in my opinion, way too much attacking hospitals with ransomware, uh, which resulted in like even shutdown or postponing surgeries. That's not the ideal situation we want to be as in this society. So uh, having less visibility, you, you can't afford that, I would say. So what about other critical infrastructure sectors? Which sectors seem to be the best prepared to deal with a major cyber incident and why? It depends. Like, of course, we have, we have the government, government sectors, but of course, by nature of the, the U.S. letters being demanded by the government, they have to comply. So you see a higher level of uh, compliance and preparedness uh, over there. I think they're followed by uh, critical infrastructure like oil and gas industry. Of course, with all the incidents going on now here in, uh, in Europe around the Ukraine incidents before, we see, of course, that oil and gas are definitely on the radar of certain nation states. So those industries are seeing that too. And um, so they're, they're ramping up as well uh, on their securities. So I would say government is, I think, one of the far most ones that are more on cyber readiness, followed by uh, oil and gas sector. Are there specific government agencies that seem to be better prepared, for instance, those that are involved with security you know, versus their agencies? I would say the, the the local governments governments in the U.S. are, are less prepared than I would say the, the, the larger government entities in the country. What we saw from uh, our survey is like it was due to cyber skills or lack of cyber skills. Uh, it, it was also budget uh, issues. So th th I would say those ones were less prepared. And if you talk about government and go switch over to the military, yeah, that's a different puppy, right? That that's. It's, it's part of their overall process on a daily basis because that's critical to their uh, operations. So security in those areas are, of course, of a high standard. So, Chris, any lessons that the healthcare sector can learn from some of the other critical infrastructure sectors or perhaps even from government agencies that seem to be in a better posture for cyber readiness? Well, what we saw, for example, as a result from um, the healthcare sector as well, they were asking for guidance and budget, of course, from the government. So I think the lessons learned from some of the government agencies or some of the other critical infrastructures, they would really appreciate if that can be shared or set up like public-private partnerships where we can exchange 
the lessons learned or some of the knowledge we, we have learned over the years. We can do a knowledge transfer with uh, the healthcare sector, for example. And Chris, any predictions of trends moving forward? Anything that you see in terms of the evolving cyber threat landscape and in particular what the healthcare sector needs to do to be better prepared for those trends? I would say over, over many, many years, we're still facing ransomware and uh, there are groups that, that have their ethics, even if they are criminals, right? But still, there are groups out there that are still targeting healthcare sectors, right? So I would say learn from those attacks, the paths they follow. Uh, there are some really good reports and also data out there how actually a ransomware attack is happening. And, and people can learn from that. But you can actually use that to see like, hey, am I prepared for such an attack? Would I have the visibility in my network, uh, like with XDR technology, to look at those signals and can I respond quick enough to stop this, right? So that, that's one thing. And overall, I would say I still see so many healthcare systems connected to the internet and not all of them are secure. So also if you hook up systems to the internet, consider that they might be vulnerable and there might be vulnerabilities in there that we haven't been discovered before. And like a part of our team does a lot of security research on those medical devices. And it's surprisingly that we still find so much on those technologies. So I think those are some of the major points I would make out on the security for healthcare. And one last question, Chris, you mentioned medical devices. Anything in particular that makes these devices vulnerable to ransomware attacks and some of the other things that we're seeing? Matter of these legacy devices, having software components that have vulnerabilities that people are not aware of. What are some of the major issues? I think from a ransomware perspective, uh, they always are looking for network access to a, let's say, a hospital or a healthcare institute. So I would say your board of security, either it could be a firewall, it, it could be your login portal. Uh, and again, back to our point, if you see that only 21% uh, is, is claiming to have multi-factor authentication or you should ramp up on that quickly because I think that that's the key area where you can win and make it more difficult for actors to get access to your network. Well, thank you very much, Chris. I've been speaking to Chris Beek. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.